podcast. Here we are, week four of the college softball season. Lot to get to, so let's go ahead and jump right in, shall we? First up, uh, Virginia Tech became the first major program to pause their activities this week. And we know there's going to be more programs that this will happen to. That's going to be inevitable throughout the season. Um, but we hope that we can keep the majority of teams playing so that we can continue to have a season and, you know, have a postseason so that we can crown a champion this year. Um, but, you know, this isn't going to, this is, isn't the only team it's going to affect, so... We're just going to have to hope for the best throughout the season as we move forward. And hopefully, you know, everyone adheres to the protocols and everything so that we make sure that this doesn't happen frequently. But we'll see how that plays out. Anyway, does Texas Tech have some problems that need to be addressed? So far, they're 5-6 and six on the season with wins, two wins over Colorado State. Uh, wins over Texas A&M, North Dakota State, and Southeast Missouri State. Their losses have been two to Central Arkansas, two to Arkansas, and one to North Dakota State and Southeast Missouri State. So at least Texas Tech got a win over Texas A&M, but they're sitting at five and six right now, and they're having trouble in the circle. <clears throat> no one has an ERA less than 2.4. Um, two of their pitchers have over five ERAs. Yeah, their team ERA is 3.74 versus their opponents with a 1.97 ERA. Their opponents have hit 13 home runs, while Texas Tech has only hit three this year. Uh, Texas Tech pitchers have walked 42 batters versus only 20 drawn by their hitters. So... Texas Tech certainly has some issues going on right now. Um, their one bright spot is Aaron Edmondson in the circle, um, for at least from her. She is an outstanding pitcher, but you know she just doesn't have the support right now that she needs. And once she fine tunes the pitching, you know they should win a few more games, of course. And Texas Tech still has opportunities to pick up quality resume building wins, such as. Um, Texas State uh, tonight, which I'll mention that later. Baylor, March 26th through 28th at home. Uh, they'll be at Texas April 1st through 3rd. Um, they'll host Oklahoma State April 9th through 11th. At Oklahoma State, 23rd, April 23rd through the 25th. And then they'll host Iowa State April 30th through May 2nd. So Texas Tech certainly has opportunities to pick up quality wins that will help their cause. Um, but they just need to fix, find, and fix and fine-tune some things before, you know, they're at least competing big time in the Big 12. Because the Big 12 has Texas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State all outstanding programs. Iowa State's good. Baylor's good. Kansas, they're still a work in progress for the Big 12, but they'll come along, I'm sure, at some point. Um, 
was I too high on North Carolina to start the season as well? Um, they're five and five right now. They're four and one in the ACC though, but their wins are two against Boston College, two against Syracuse, and Troy. Their losses: Syracuse, Troy, Memphis, and two to Alabama. Um, really, their pitching has been brilliant so far, from, especially from Brittany Pickett. Um, having her return to the circle is huge for North Carolina. Um, she is four and two with a .1 ERA when she pitches. North Carolina is one and three with a 5.18 ERA when Hannah George pitches. Um, so I was looking through their stats and everything, but in all the numbers I'm seeing, point to North Carolina should have a better record than they have right now. Their offense is inconsistent, but it's still very good. Um, Basically, if Brittany Pickett isn't in the circle, it looks like trouble for them as of right now. Um, but, you know, they still have opportunities to pick up some quality wins as well. Um, they got South Carolina this weekend um, at Florida State March 19th through 21st, at Clemson April 1st through 3rd, and at Duke April 23rd through 25th. So unfortunately, due to scheduling, UNC isn't gonna or North Carolina isn't gonna get to play Virginia Tech this season. Um, but their best chances to pick up quality wins, especially in the ACC, is gonna be at Florida State, at Clemson, at Duke, all on the road. So those are gonna be huge series for the ACC and for North Carolina to see where their team is at this season. Um. I still expect UNC to make the tournament. I just don't. We'll just have to find, wait, and see how things start playing out for them in their favor. Or whether it is in their favor or whether it's against them. We'll just determine that as we go along. Our first na uh, linear nationally televised game of the season is Friday night. Showdown Texas at LSU, which is a dream matchup, by the way. And it's a great way to start putting softball games on the national linear programs, your ESPNs, your ESPN2s, your ESPNU, um, programs that everyone in the country gets, basically, no matter what. Um, so everyone's going to be able to enjoy softball um, on a national stage starting Friday night with Texas LSU. And we'll get to that matchup later, but that's a, one hell of a matchup to start the season, or to start the weekend. But like I said, we'll get to that later. Some notable games canceled, postponed. Uh, Fresno State, Long Beach State was postponed, or I mean canceled due to cautions within the Long Beach State program. Colorado State had to leave their tournament early due to health cautions. We missed out on Oregon State, Colorado State. But instead, we got Oregon State and Arizona in its place. So that was a nice little tit-for-tat uh, substitution. And then this just happened yesterday, uh, but James Madison has, is not playing this weekend due to COVID protocols. Um, so we're going to miss out on matchups with Longwood and Liberty that should have been this weekend, but... Now they're off the schedule because of COVID protocols, and that's unfortunate, but 
it is what it is with this season, so we'll just keep rocking and moving forward. Time for the recap of the third week of the season. Starting on way back on Wednesday last week, um, Leah Powell allowed only one hit in South Carolina's 8-0 six-inning win over Coastal Carolina in Game 1. And then Rachel Vaughn only allowed three hits in South Carolina's 10-0 five-inning win in Game 2. So Coastal Carolina beat up on uh, South Carolina beat up on Coastal Carolina pretty badly. Didn't necessarily expect that. Uh, Megan Faramo throws a perfect game while Maggie Ballant struggled in UCLA's 14-0 five-inning win over San Diego State. Ashley Rogers' 17 strikeouts lead Tennessee over Illinois State 3-0. Kaya Garrett's bases clearing double walks it off for Charlotte in their 5-4 win over East Carolina. A throwing error by Texas State gave Texas the 1-0 win in the 8th. I was glad that game turned out like it did. A defensive gem, a defensive pitching duel. Um, that was a great game like I expected, and it delivered. And Texas ultimately got the win on a throwing error. Go figure. Uh, Missouri went up 5 to nothing on Central Florida and held off a late charge to get that W 6 to 5. Bailey Dowling Dowling's 3-run homer in the first set the tone in a 7 to 1 win for Alabama over UAB. Alyssa Dalton walked it off with a single in the 8th inning to give Louisiana the 8-7 win over McNeese State. And more about that later cuz they're going to have a reverse fixture this week, BYU gets a shutout performance from Autumn Moffitt Korth to beat Seattle 4 to nothing, And then Ashley York's three-run homer gave Colorado State six, the 6-4 six win over Seattle in eight innings. Lenny Malkin's double homer five RVIs lead Arkansas to a 9 to nothing five-inning win over North Dakota State in Game 1. And then Mary Half shut down North Dakota State in Game 2, allowing only two hits in their 5 to nothing win for Arkansas. Deja Mulipola has a homer and six RBIs as Arizona scores 12 in the first in their 12 to nothing five-inning win over BYU. Carly Scoopin's two three-run homers led Arizona to a 9-1 six-inning win over Colorado State. Lacey Fincher's two homers and three RBIs lead Georgia to an 8-3 win over Kennesaw State. Amanda Ayala's two homers and three RBIs and eight runs in the fourth led to 10-1 victory for Tennessee over Tennessee Martin. Maddie Penta's 10 strikeouts shut out Jacksonville in a 2-0 win for Auburn. Mary Beth Gorsuch, a fantastic pitcher down at LSU, allowed only two hits in the first battle for Louisiana in a 4-0 LSU victory at Louisiana. 
Megan Bobian. So now here we are on Friday. Megan Bobian tied Michigan record for strikeouts in a game with 19 in their 4 to nothing win over Purdue in Game 1. And what does Michigan do to follow up that? Alex Storacco throws another 17 strikeouts in the second game, which is also a 4 nothing win for Michigan over Purdue. St. Francis took down Syracuse 6-3 in 8 innings. Surprised me a little bit because I thought Syracuse could handle St. Francis. You know, I guess I turned out to be wrong on that one, but so be it. Um, Texas Tech took down North Dakota State 6-1. Stephanie Merwin's two-run homer in the fourth helped Seattle to a 5-3 win over Colorado State. Amber Bishop's walk-off double led Liberty over Notre Dame 3-2. She also hit a solo homer in that game as well. Aaron Kofel has two or had two three-run homers in Kentucky's 11-1 five-inning win over New Mexico State. Renee Abernathy's triple walked it off for Kentucky in a 6-5 win over Florida International, or FIU for short. Leanna Johnson's 13 strikeouts shut down North Carolina in Troy's 2-0 win. And then in Game 2, Brittany Pickett hit two two-run homers to take down Troy 8-2. So UNC and Troy split their doubleheader that they played. Which, I guess, is not all that surprising. Troy is 13-2 right now, so they're a very good mid-major program right now. Um, you know, they might even give Louisiana a little trouble in the Sun Belt Conference this year, but... Again, we'll wait. I didn't look into their schedule later in the season, so I don't know if they'll play each other, but I think Troy can give Louisiana some fits for sure. Um, but stay tuned and listen to if that game is on or that series is on the schedule later. Oklahoma threw a combined no-hitter in an 8 to nothing 6-inning win over New Mexico. And then Jocelyn Alo's two-run homer in the seventh led Oklahoma past uh, Arizona State five to three, which Oklahoma's the new number one team in the nation now. Which we'll get to why that is here shortly. Uh, Ariane Bell's RBI double leads Texas State in a four to three upset of Mississippi State in game one. Uh, Mia Davidson's three-run homer got revenge for Mississippi State in a 6-2 win for Mississippi State over Texas State. So they split their doubleheader. Texas State is better than people want to admit, I'm pretty sure. Um, And Texas State is receiving votes in one of the two major polls now. So be on the lookout for those uh, Bobcats, I believe, of Texas State. Uh, let's see. Mariah Mazone helped her own cause in the circle by driving in three RBIs in a 10-3 win for Oregon State over BYU. Aspen Godwin's RBI double is the only run in a 1-0 win for Auburn over Murray State. And funny enough, Murray State uh, played a doubleheader at Auburn, and it was actually a lot closer than people 
or us, or I guess me thought so. I, I, I don't know how Murray State kept Auburn close, if Auburn just wasn't hitting the ball or what happened there, but, uh, you know, it is, it's good to see that, you know, mid-majors giving powerhouse or power five teams trouble. Let's see, uh, Cassidy Crouppet went four for four with a homer and six RBIs. That helped South Carolina to a 14-6 six-inning win over Longwood. Mary Half threw a no-hitter and a 9-0 five-inning win for Arkansas over Texas Tech. That was a surprising result for me as well. I didn't think Arkansas was going to uh, completely shut down Texas Tech like that. Um, that's another reason why I thought Texas Tech might be in a little bit more trouble than others might suspect at this time, but... Like I said, stay tuned with us as we move forward so that you can, you know, learn about, uh, stick with me and see if Texas Tech gets better or not. Nikki Carver's three-run homer lifted Ohio State past Iowa 3-2 in Game 1, and then Iowa walked it off in Game 2 to beat Ohio State 4-3. Miami of Ohio swept Georgia Tech in a doubleheader 7-6 and then 9-3. So that was another surprise. Maybe Georgia I was too high on Georgia Tech, probably. Um, I thought since they gave uh, Clemson a few fits, they or and some and Virginia Tech, no. Whoever they played in the ACC pod weekend, they gave them fits. So that's why I thought they had a shot. But I guess I was wrong. But anyway, um, Kylie Naomi's single in the second led to a 1-0 Oklahoma State win over LSU. Very big win. And then they swept the doubleheader. And then Oklahoma State swept the doubleheader with LSU with a 3-1 win in game two. Kerry Eberly looked good in game two as well in the circle. So Oklahoma State gets a big sweep of LSU. Maryland forced extras but fell to Minnesota 2-1 to one in the eighth. But Maryland then split the doubleheader with a 2-1 to one win in game two. Mackenzie Herzog's three RBIs led Texas A&M past Tulsa 9-5. Braxton Burnside had two RB, uh, two homers and five RBIs in Arkansas's 9-3 win over Southeast Missouri State. Gabby Plain's 12 strikeouts led Washington over San Diego State 6-1 in Game 1. And then Maggie Ballant allowed only one hit in a 4-0 upset of Washington by San Diego State. So Maggie Ballant recovered from her terrible outing the night before in taking down Washington in game or in their last game of their three game series. So that was good to see. Let's see. <clears throat> Ole Miss righted the ship a little bit, taking down Baylor ten to four. Bailey Hemphill and Kaylee Tao drove in all five runs in Alabama's 5-1 win over Memphis. 
Emily Schultz's homer in the sixth inning led Stanford over Cal 3-2. Megan Bobian picked up 12 more strikeouts in a 2-0 win for Michigan over Iowa to kick off Saturday. Then Michigan held off Iowa 6-5 to win game two. Christina Foreman's five, RB, five RBIs, a double and a homer, led Duke to an 8-0 six-inning win over Seton Hall. Shelby Walters only allowed one hit in that game, by the way. And then Peyton St. George allowed only one hit in as Duke took down Longwood 9-0 in five innings. Shy Smith shut down Oregon State in a 2-1 win for Seattle. A very good win for Seattle, by the way. I told you Seattle can make some noise if they just have the right game. But anyway, North Dakota State took down Texas Tech 5-4 in 8 innings. Mentioned a little bit of that earlier. Texas held off Mississippi State 8-7. Shannon Rhodes was the star with two homers and five RBIs in that game. Texas jumped out to a huge lead, then Mississippi State was coming back, but ultimately Texas was able to hold on for that win, so that was a big win for Texas. And that also proved that Mississippi State can play with a big-time program right now. And we'll talk about them a little bit more when we talk about the schedule for this week. Lexi Kilfoyle no-hit UNC in a 2-0 win for Alabama. Georgia throwed, uh, threw a combined no-hitter in a 7-0 win over Georgia State. Florida State took down Florida Gulf Coast 4-1. Odyssey Alexander shut down UVA's offense in a 5-1 win for uh, James Madison. And then James Madison scored seven runs in the top of the seventh, a, bla- a bases-clearing triple by Logan Newton, and back-to-back homers from Lindsey Meeks and Madison Niokas led to an 8-4 to win over George Washington. So JMU started their campaign 2-0, picking up a win over ACCU Virginia and the A-10 preseason favorite George Washington. So those are two good wins. George uh, George Washington will travel to Harrisonburg to take on James Madison later in the season for a, a midweek doubleheader, but we'll talk about that a little bit later because that game now takes a little bit more into my radar um, because of that ga- this game. But anyway, Elizabeth Hightower shut down Louisville in a five to four a five to one win for Florida. 11 players had two RBIs, or two or more RBIs, as Oklahoma routed New Mexico 33-4 to in five innings. Yes, that's right, people. You heard me right. That score was 33-4. to That's how insane Oklahoma's offense can be. Now, granted, it is just New Mexico, but still. And then they came back later that day, and Jocelyn Alo, Jana Johns, and Taylor Snow all got three RBIs each in a 14 to nothing five inning win over Grand Canyon. Mississippi State shut down Houston in a three to nothing victory, so that's a good win for them. 
Haley McKay's two-run single in the first leads Texas State past Ole Miss two to one. A solid victory for another solid victory for Texas State. Mackenzie Herzog had two RBIs and uh, two doubles and three RBIs to lead Texas A&M past Tulsa nine to six. Sophie Frost shut down Boise State as Cal State Fullerton beat them 2 to nothing in their first game. And then Cal State Fullerton held off Boise State to win the doubleheader in the, with the second game win of score of 3 to 2. And then Florida State took down Southeastern Louisiana 3 to nothing. This score was a little bit closer than, uh, than I anticipated. Uh, but ultimately Florida State pulled out the win, so no real big deal there, except for maybe this, like I said, the score being a little closer than you might have expected, but it is what it is. Any given day, any team can play close or even beat a team that they're not expected to, so that's the fun of the game, right? That's why we play the game, too. <clears throat> But Summer Ellison shut down Oklahoma State in a 7-1 win for Louisiana. Big win for Louisiana. But then LSU took advantage of a Louisiana error to win 3-2 to sweep the two battles of Louisiana. So LSU won at Louisiana and at home against Louisiana to um, sweep that two-game series. Southeast Missouri State then took down Texas Tech 5-3 to three in 8 innings. Again, Texas Tech with surprising results. Arizona, uh, nope, excuse me, Gabby Plain allowed one hit and struck out 13 in Washington's 5 to nothing win over San Diego State, which gave them the series sweep of San Diego, or no, they gave them the series win over San Diego State. Arizona crushed BYU 11 to 3 in 6 innings. Indiana took down Wisconsin 5 to 4 in game 1 and then went ahead and did it again in game 2 9 to 3. So Indiana swept the doubleheader with Wisconsin. Ohio State took down Minnesota 2 to 1 in 11 innings in the first game. Minnesota earns the split of that doubleheader with an 8 to nothing win in game 2. So Ohio State and Minnesota split their doubleheader on Saturday. Alexis Holloway helps her own cause in the circle with a home run in a 3-1 victory for Notre Dame over Liberty. Hannah McEwen and Braxton Burnside are responsible for three RBIs in the sixth, which guided Arkansas to a 6-3 win over Southeast Missouri State. Again, Southeast Missouri State keeping things close. Very interesting. Maddie Hackbarth hit a homer and drove in four RBIs in an 8-3 win for Arizona State over Iowa State. UConn upset Butler 7-3, which was, again, another interesting result from the past weekend. That loss knocked Baylor out of, well, that loss coupled with the loss to Ole Miss knocked Baylor out of the top 25 this week. Cal forced a rubber match on Sunday with a 5-3 win over Stanford. 
And Illinois got a big win over Michigan, 2-1 to one in Game 1 to kick off Sunday. And then Illinois did it again in Game 2, winning 2-1, to one, earning the sweep of the doubleheader over Michigan. Again, I didn't think Illinois had a shot. I, I, I thought Illinois could win a game against Michigan. I didn't think they'd win both games. Shows what I know. And then Giselle Tapia's homer and three RBIs led Duke past Seton Hall five to one. Excuse me, six to one. Deja Davis's double homer and four RBIs lead Duke to a five to one win over South Carolina. Uh, outstanding victory for Duke, beating an SEC team like South Carolina. And Duke could use all. I mean, Duke's only lost one game so far this season, so. And funny enough, that game was to Notre Dame. But anyway, um, Duke is legit. I've, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast this season or last season or this season, but Duke is legit, and teams should take the ACC needs to take note of that, as well as the rest of the country. Uh, Florida shuts down Louisville two to nothing. Hannah Adams. Oh, uh, hit a homer in the eighth inning to walk it off for Florida in a one to nothing victory over McNeese State. So once again, McNeese State keeps things close, but ultimately they can't get the job done against Florida. <clears throat> um, Ashley Rogers throws 18 strikeouts in a three to nothing win for Tennessee over Central Michigan. Uh, Baylor recovered from their loss to UConn by beating, excuse me, Mississippi State ten to six. That was a fun game to watch. A lot of home runs, a lot of offense. It was a certainly a very f- entertaining game to watch as Baylor got that big win over Mississippi C- Mississippi State. A combined perfect game led Oklahoma to an eight to nothing five inning win over. Uh, Portland State, Shannon Rhodes, Mary Iacopo, and Lauren Burke all had three-run homers that led to a 16-2 five-inning rout uh, for Texas over UConn. So UConn couldn't replicate their magic against Texas like they did against Baylor. And Memphis got their first win of the season. Granted, they've played Missouri, Florida State, Alabama, and Troy so far. Uh, but Memphis got their first win of the season, beating North Carolina 5-4. to four. Uh, Looking at their schedule, I can see why they have lost all their games so far, but I didn't expect them to beat North Carolina, that's for sure. Um, North Carolina came back, I believe, to tie the game 4-4, to four, and then Memphis scored, and ultimately that was it. Um, so that was a little bit of a surprising result for me. I don't know how the rest of you would feel, but that was certainly a surprising result in my eyes. Um, certainly, um, I, I, Memphis is better than their record suggests simply because, um, you know, They've played such a hard schedule so far. At some point, their schedule is going to ease up 
and they'll be able to get more wins and prove that they're a team that belongs in the American Conference um, title race. But Memphis just needs time. Once they get that schedule, once they turn that schedule over to the easier teams, things will look a lot better for them. I'm, I don't doubt that at all. Kentucky got a combined no-no or no-hitters, if you don't know that terminology, in a 15 to nothing five-inning thrashing of Stetson. Samantha Bender throws a no-hitter in an 8 to nothing 5-inning win for Tennessee over Northern Kentucky. Ivy Davis also had a 3-run homer in that game. Haley Lee's 3-run homer in the 6th inning is the difference in a 3 to nothing Texas A&M win over Tulsa, which allowed them to sweep the series against Tulsa. Cal State Fullerton shut down Boise State once again in a 4-0 win, which earned them the series sweep over Boise State. Uh, Michigan State earned a split with Iowa, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, Michigan State was one of the worst teams in the shortened 2020 season, um, so... It's a little bit shocking to me that they split a doubleheader with Iowa. But as I said earlier, any given day, any team can beat or play very closely with a team. So this shouldn't come as an exact shock. Um, but anyway, um, Alina Torres's two homers and three RBIs led Arizona State to an 11-3 six-inning win over New Mexico. Solid victory. Um, solid uh, offensive production as well in that game for Arizona State. Um, let's see. Sydney Pennington's two-run homer led to Oklahoma State to a big 5-3 win over Louisiana in the ninth inning. So basically they played a full baseball game. A full nine-inning game. Um, so Oklahoma State split their... Uh, series with Louisiana this weekend. Um, what is? I don't know what that specifically says at this moment um, that Oklahoma State and Louisiana split, but Louisiana certainly schedules very tough non-conference, so I'm not surprised that Louisiana beat Oklahoma State. Um, and they were very close to beating, uh, sweeping Oklahoma State, twi uh, winning both games, but it went to extras, and ultimately Oklahoma State got the win. So it is what it is. Um, I think both teams could very easily make it to uh, Oklahoma City for the Women's College World Series, but we'll just have to see how that plays out, and I'll have to see how the bracket plays out in order for me to make my full predictions, but we'll get to that uh, in May. Um Right now, we'll just stick to the beginning of March. March, It's March Madness now. <laughs> Not so much for softball, but certainly, you know, basketball kicking up their tournament. Hopefully, their tournament can uh, provide some 
guidance into how softball can make their NCAA tournament work. Um, but we'll just have to see how effective everything is and if we can, you know, we hope to have home regionals and super regionals and then the World Series in Oklahoma City. But if we can't make that happen, the next best alternative is what we'll take. As long as we can get a completed season and crown champion, I think pretty much all softball fans would be happy with that in the end. Hannah Bowen's single walked it off for Arizona 3-2 over Oregon State in the eighth inning. Washington's offense was held in check for the most part in a 5-0 win over San Diego in their first game. I didn't mention the second game because Washington beat the crap out of them in the second game, so wasn't very noteworthy there. Um... Braxton Burnside's two solo homers and Daniel Gibson's three-run homer led Arkansas over Texas Tech yet again, eight to nothing. Texas Tech is just, in my opinion, is having a very rough season right now, and I don't know what their fix is to get going. Um, and then Lexi Kilfold, yeah. Lexi Kilfoyle shut down Troy in a 2-0 win for Alabama. Savannah Sykes has a bases-clearing triple and a solo homer in a Georgia's 11-0 five-inning win over Georgia Tech. I guess I shouldn't be surprised with that result, but I thought it would be a little bit closer than that. That's my bad for thinking that. I had it on my games to watch this week, but... Turned out to be a crappy game to watch, all in all. So, whatever. Uh, Janae Jefferson's three RBIs were the difference in Texas's 5-2 win over Ole Miss. So, Ole Miss showed promise against one of the best teams in the country in Texas. But ultimately, you know, Texas is just too good of a powerhouse for Ole Miss right now. Maybe later in the season, Ole Miss would have a better shot at Texas, but not right now. Minnesota took game one over Indiana 6-2, and then it, Indiana held off Minnesota in game... Oh, shoot. Let me re redo that. Minnesota took game one over Indiana 6-2, and then Indiana held off Minnesota in game two, 7-5, to to split their doubleheader. Brooke Yanez shut down the number one team in the country, UCLA, in a 3-1 win for Oregon which is an absolutely massive win for Oregon, um, taking down UCLA. Um, I, at first I couldn't believe it, but, you know, Oregon's a really good team, and I can't wait for their, uh, when UCLA has to travel to Eugene to take on Oregon in the Pac-12 for four games. That's going to be an absolutely fantastic series. Um, but that loss right there is why UCLA is not number one in the nation anymore. So there's that. Um, four home runs led Oregon past Utah later that night, 7-2. to two. On Monday, uh, Delaney Wiz had a double, a home run, and four RBIs 
to lead UCLA past Oregon 9-3 to split the two games they played out in uh, Tempe, Arizona. Sort of a mini Pac-12 pod they did for Sunday and Monday. Um, and I said it already, uh, they're going to face off the second weekend of April in Eugene, Oregon. So that's going to be exciting to see how that series plays out, but we'll get to there once we get to April. UCLA scored three in the top of the sixth to take down Utah 6-5. to five. And lastly, uh, Monday night, the Hackbar sisters combined for five RBIs. Maddie had two homers and three RBIs, and Kendra had the other two RBIs in Arizona State's 5-2. to or 8-2 win over Utah. Those games didn't count towards the Pac-12 standing, so don't worry about that. Um, they were just they were non-conference games. Speaking of conference games, let's discuss the Big Ten standings for a couple minutes here. In last place, or 14th, you got Penn State at 0 and 6. <clears throat> Not much of a surprise there, really. Penn State kept some teams close during the big Big Ten weekend in Florida, but ultimately they just couldn't get a win. Tied for 10th, you have Iowa, Michigan State, Purdue, and Rutgers at 2 and 4. Certainly, Iowa being tied for 10th at 2-4 and four is so shocking to me since Iowa was the best team in the Big Ten when the season got shut down last season. So, I, I don't know what Iowa needs to do to move up in the standings. Um, but we'll just have to see if Iowa can make the adjustments and move themselves up the Big Ten standings. Uh, let's see, tied for fifth in the Big Ten, you got Indiana, Maryland, Nebraska, Ohio State, and Wisconsin all at 3-3. Three and three. So, Ohio State's a good team, Wisconsin's good, Indiana's good. Nebraska, I didn't expect to be 3-3, three and three, but here they are. Um, Maryland is definitely low-key good. They're not the big... If you thought of good Big Ten teams, you wouldn't jump right out and say Maryland. Um, but they are good. Tied at third in the Big Ten right now are my, are my two favorites to win the Big Ten, Michigan and Minnesota at four and two. In second is Illinois at five and one. So Illinois had a great weekend in Florida. We'll see if they can do it again next weekend when they Big Ten goes back to Florida. And then leading the Big Ten right now is Northwestern at six and zero. I I know Northwestern's good. I just didn't expect them to go perfect in their weekend down in Florida last week. Now. There was a reason I didn't have them in my highlighted games of the week. 
is because they weren't playing anyone super spectacular down in Florida. Um, I know they played Michigan State, but I forgot who the other two were. Um, but Northwestern didn't have a huge matchup down in Florida last week, so that's why Northwestern is 6-0 and in my opinion. They're, they're a good team. Don't misunderstand me there. Northwestern is a very good team. I just didn't think they would go perfect through the week, the weekend. But anyway, having all said that, here are my games to watch for this week, week four. <clears throat> On Wednesday, you got Mississippi, or today, excuse me, Mississippi State travels to Alabama, so that'll be a good test for Mississippi State to see where they're at. Alabama can prove they're the number two or three team in the nation, according to the major polls. So we'll see if they can do that. Texas State has a doubleheader at Texas Tech. At this point, I would say Texas State wins both of those games, but I don't know. I feel like I can have a little faith in Texas Tech to at least win one of those or one of the games in that doubleheader, but we'll see. North Florida at Central Florida. Louisiana at McNeese State. I mentioned it earlier. McNeese State gave Louisiana a hell of a fight in Louisiana. Now they go to McNeese State for a game to, tonight. So I'm looking forward to this one very much. Texas travels to Houston. I know Houston doesn't have the greatest record to open the season, but I want to see if they can you know, give Texas a fight like they gave Mississippi State a fight this past week. And Cal State Fullerton travels to UCLA to take on the Bruins. Cal State Fullerton's had a pretty solid season so far. I want to see if they can go toe-to-toe with UCLA. Um, or did... They, they might have already played a... If, if I'm remembering correctly, but I, uh, I don't know. Either way, it's still a game for me to watch for tonight. On Thursday or tomorrow, Troy goes to Auburn. Should be a fun matchup. See if Troy can prove they belong more towards the top 25. BYU at Stanford. I want to see if BYU can write their early troubles uh, by beating Stanford. Baylor at Louisiana is a very attractive matchup. Despite Baylor falling out of the top 25, that's a very appealing matchup. And then Drake at Arkansas for a doubleheader. I want to see if Drake has rebounded from their terrible opening weekend that they had at uh, the Dome in Northern Iowa. So I want to see if Drake has rebounded from that by giving Arkansas a good fight. On Friday, you got East Carolina at Liberty. Um, I want to see if East Carolina can give Liberty a good fight. Um, Oregon State, Colorado State. So we do get that matchup after all. It'll just be this week on Friday. Iowa State, North Texas should be an interesting one. Um, I want to see if North Texas, Iowa State's playing really good. I want to see if they can handle North Texas the way they should. Missouri at Oklahoma, 
another fantastic matchup. I want to see how Missouri does against the number one team in the nation. Another fantastic one. Florida State travels to uh, Gainesville to take on Florida. And then Boise State travels to Oregon to take on the Ducks in Eugene. So that should be another fun one to round out Friday. On Saturday, North Dakota State placed a doubleheader at Ole Miss. So that should be a good a test on both sides, really. East Carolina plays another game at Liberty. BYU plays another game at Stanford. Tennessee at Texas A&M is a low-key, very good matchup this weekend. Um, Tennessee hasn't really played anyone this fa thus far. Texas A&M's had some good battles so far. Um, so I want to see how those two uh, play against each other. Oregon State plays Colorado State again. UAB plays a doubleheader at Georgia. There might be a potential for an upset there. I'm not going to go outright and call it right now, but UAB has a chance to beat Georgia. South Carolina at UNC, or at North Carolina, the game we missed out on the opening weekend gets to be played out this weekend, albeit at North Carolina instead of South Carolina, but at least we still hopefully get to see that matchup. And then Florida makes the trip to Tallahassee to take on Florida State, so that way they'll play... Uh, both teams will play at each other's home field. Kentucky uh, takes on Coastal Carolina. And then UCLA travels to Long Beach State. First, I hope Long Beach State has everything under control so that they can play against UCLA on Sunday. And then secondly, Long Beach State has a rich history of softball, so I want to see if they can uh, tap into that history and give UCLA a good fight. Sunday, Kentucky Coastal Carolina again. Tulsa at Oklahoma State could be a, a sneaky good uh, game to watch. And then Boise State plays at Oregon again. They snuck a really good game on Monday with Arizona traveling to Central Florida. So Arizona goes to Orlando to take on Central Florida. That is a very solid matchup for a Monday um, and I'm looking forward to that matchup very much. Both have high-profile offenses. The question is going to be in the circle for Central Florida. Can they keep down Arizona's offense enough to actually win the game? Honestly, I'm going to go. I'm going to pick Arizona, but I think Central Florida could keep it closer than some people might think. And then Tuesday, you got Arkansas at Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas's given some good teams some good fights this season, so I want to see if maybe they can upset Arkansas at home. We'll have to wait and see. If the COVID protocols allow it, Virginia Tech will travel to Charlottesville to take on Virginia. Hopefully that game gets played because I want to see how UVA handles Virginia Tech because that would be Virginia Tech's first game coming back from their pause from activities if it is allowed um, but I want to see how uh, Virginia would handle that matchup uh, Longwood at Liberty will play four games between uh, Saturday and Tuesday since they lost uh, James Madison in their tournament 
Longwood and Liberty are just going to play four games. Um, I want to see if Longwood can play the way they did against South Carolina and take that against Liberty. Clemson at uh, Virginia for a four-game set this weekend. That should be a very interesting series. The only reason why I think it would be or will be interesting is that it's at Virginia instead of at Clemson. Maybe that home park gives Virginia the edge over or gives uh, Virginia a little bit more of an edge going against Clemson, knowing that Clemson is right on the precipice of being a top 25 team in both polls. Um, so I want to see if UV, uh, Virginia can rise to the occasion. Houston at, uh, plays a three-game set at Texas State. That should be a very... That's a low-key matchup that not everyone's going to be watching, but I am, just because Texas State, for one. And then especially if Houston hangs with Texas tonight, that should be a fantastic series. Potentially another Missouri-Oklahoma showdown. Um, Oklahoma's hosting a tournament. That's why Missouri's playing down there. Um, and the schedule for Saturday, or later Saturday and Sunday is not finalized yet. So I assume it's going to be the top two teams will play each other, all that good stuff. Um, and I assume Missouri and Oklahoma would be the top two teams and would play on Sunday in the championship. Um but we will potentially will have another Missouri Oklahoma matchup. Texas, I mentioned it already. Texas's three-game series at LSU, absolutely massive matchup. Um, Friday night, ESPN two. That's there's nothing more you can ask for really from that series. Uh, I just hope it's a good one. I don't want any blowouts or anything. This one is certainly under the radar, but I'll say Washington's three-game series at Hawaii. Hawaii hasn't gotten to play an actual game that's counted yet. They've only played exhibitions. Um, and Hawaii's had a rich program, a rich tradition. Um, so I want to see if they can give Washington a fight in their first weekend of play. Also, I want to see if Washington, you know, having made that trip to Hawaii, doesn't get distracted by being in Hawaii, you know. Doesn't take off just because they're in such an awesome place, basically. And the last thing I'm watching, this, or last series I'm watching, is Arizona's two-game series at South Florida. Basically, albeit the, it is the same reason I'm watching Arizona at Central Florida on Monday, except South Florida is not as good as Central Florida. But I want to see if they're able to hang around with Arizona in one or both games. Now, ultimately, I don't think they will, but I, I'm curious. My curiosity is what led me to put that matchup on this games to watch list. Um, but we'll just have to see how they all play out. Um, 
you know, it's quite the fun little matchups we have this weekend, so we'll look forward to that, and then we'll come back at you again next Wednesday with some more um, for week five. Until then, you know, get out there, watch some softball, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the softball as much as you can, because uh, you never know what games are going to get canceled or postponed or whatnot. Um, so enjoy the softball. Enjoy the Friday night game on ESPN2, Texas at LSU. And we'll see you next Wednesday to recap everything and talk more. Signing off for now, this is your main man, Tyler, the Around the Bases podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thank you and good night.